Hi, and welcome to Pacifim Christian Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message, that it will both challenge and inspire you. It's um, such a pleasure for me to be here. Um, yeah, I was just <laughs> I was just going to say that. Does everyone understand me? <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually the secret is that um, actually I was born here in Australia. I was born in Adelaide. My parents were ten pound palms, um, uh, but they left Australia after ten years and went back home. To Glasgow, and that's I was uh, nearly six when I left, and I then grew up in Glasgow. My parents never could return um, because they always planned to return, but um, my mother uh, was diagnosed with that uh, with uh, tuberculosis, and she was never allowed to come back because. The disease was so bad, and it just went on and on and on. And so they ended up settling in Glasgow. And my father particularly lived with that regret all his life. He loved Australia, absolutely loved it. And so it's actually really, really special for me to be here in Australia. I haven't been ever back since I was five. Isn't that amazing? I'm now 67, so 62 years. And it's an incredible pleasure. Um, And it's so wonderful that I can be here with you this morning. It's a beautiful area, so enjoyed the drive. Um, What a privilege to be here. So how did our eyes start? Well, have you ever, have you ever heard um, the story of people who keep on saying, "We can't do it. We can't do anything for God because we don't have this and we don't have that. Um, we don't have the gifts." And that was kind of my story. I, I am um, a missionary. And my husband and I joined an organization called WEC International. And we've been part of them for about 35 years now. I still am. Called Active Retired. Um, But I'm still doing and still serving the Lord. When we joined the organization, we joined already with a vision to work in the area of Central Asia, which is all the countries with Stan at the end of their name. And they were former Soviet Union republics, and they became free in the 1989 and early 1990s, which is when we joined WEC. I remember we were on the candidates course when the Berlin Wall fell, and we were watching that on telly. Amazing experience to see that. And that then opened the doors. That was a significant event which then opened the doors for Christians to be able to go into Central Asia. 
my husband Danny was like a, a pioneer. He went in with other brothers and he went into Central Asia and began to train um, the very few Christians that existed how to use radio as a means to reach their people. That because that's what we did, we were radio people. Um, in 1986, I think, or 1987, no, I was at Bible college then, 1998, I was invited to go on a prayer trip to Turkmenistan. And Turkmenistan was one of the closed countries, most closed countries in the world, but we managed to get visas to get in and to just walk around the country and pray. And that was uh, the most amazing experience I have ever had. And there, God began to speak to me about women in Islam. Because I began to see and hear stories of how difficult it was for women to come to God in the world of Islam. Um, they have to do a lot more to come close to God. As soon um, as they have their periods or, or a baby spews on them, they become dirty and they have to go and wash themselves and, and then come to God. And then they pick babies up and the baby dribbles on them and they still can't come, come to God because of that, because they're dirty, unclean. And this is the life of Muslim ladies. They have to work really, really hard to come anywhere close to God. And that made me furious. Like I, I, I saw this most beautiful mosque in Turkmenistan, one of the poorest areas in the world, honestly. And there in the middle of this city was this huge mosque built by French money and with a golden dome, beautiful chandeliers, marble floors, so rich, so much money in it and it broke my heart. Women had to go up three flights of stairs and to pray to God, looking down on the men who were closer to God than they were. And I thought, that's not what you meant to happen, Jesus. And when I came home from that trip, I began to explore more and more the world of Islam, what it was like for women and I heard things like, listen to this one. So I saw a vision of the hellfire and the majority of its dwellers were women. Written and said and written in the book of teachings of Muhammad. Or out of every thousand women one will go to heaven. Out of every 1,000 men, only one will go to hell. This is the world of Islam. 
It's not what Jesus meant. This is not what God, our Father, wanted to happen. It made me furious. <laughs> and then um, I continued to visit Central Asia. I was invited to talk to women's groups. I heard stories. Um, I went to a women's group in Azerbaijan. Uh, there was 10 women there and they all, they all had like 10 children. And I, in that group, I met one woman who only had one child. So I asked them, why, why do they have so many children? They trusted me at that, by that point, and I could ask questions like that to them. And they told me, so this was actually a Christian group. It was the first time as a group of women that they were ever allowed to meet together because women in the church weren't allowed to meet at the beginning. And, and this was maybe actually only five or six years ago, pre-COVID. They still weren't allowed to meet together. Pentecostal church. So these women are being taught by their pastor husbands and the Bible says in Timothy, um, it's gone. It says that women are saved by childbirth. I'll look the verse up, but it says it in Timothy, women are saved by childbirth. So Paul is talking about the role of women in church, and then he has this little hyphen in the middle of it. Women are saved by childbirth. These women are being taught the more children that they have, the more saved that they will be. This is a Christian group who are, um, they're supposed to be saved. They're supposed to know that they don't have to do any work to come to Jesus because he's done it all for them. But yet, they're being taught things like that. And then you meet this young woman who could only have one child. What does that mean and what does that say to her? And she came up and told me her story that when she had given birth to her first child, she nearly died. And the doctors told her, don't have any more children or you will die. And the pressure in her church is for her to continue to have children because she will be saved by childbirth. And she's heartbroken and she's having to deal with that. And then I go in and I say, that's not true. And I had an opportunity to pray with every single one of those women. And I pray that they will be free to be the women that God has meant them to be. So I heard stories. I heard stories and stories and stories of women who are being told that they're second-class citizens. They're hearing it from the book of teachings of Muhammad. They are being told by their husbands and their fathers that they're not worth anything. Boys will get fed when girls don't. 
if there's poverty in the house, the boys will get the food, the girls won't. The boys will get educated and the girls won't. The boys can go to university, the girls can't. This is the world of Islam in Central Asia. And then you hear the stories of abuse and domestic violence, and it's huge. Every woman has a story of domestic violence. Every single woman. I don't think I've met one woman yet who has not been a victim of that. Awful sexual abuse and rape, just so prevalent in these countries. And so my story is I began to say to God, what can I do? Jesus, what do you want to do for the lives of these women? And one day, I, this idea clicked into my head. Well, I could, I could do and maybe a conference and just gather women from around the nations that I've already met and invite them to be together and to hear their stories. And this idea just never went away from my mind. But the thing was, I kept on saying to God, God, can you send somebody who can do this because I think this should happen? Send somebody and I will help them. I kept on telling God, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I'm, I don't even have a university degree. Um, I'm not a social worker or a counsellor. I've never run a conference in my life. I can't do any of those things. And then the breakthrough came one morning when I was having my quiet time. I read the story of the five loaves and the two fishes. Such a common story. We all know it, don't we? And that day I was reading it and it was like a voice from heaven. It really was. It's the first time that I've ever experienced that. And God said to me, Anne-Marie, will you please stop telling me about the things that you cannot do? but give me the things that you can do and allow me to do the rest. That little boy gave five loaves and two fishes. The disciples brought that to me and I multiplied all of that so I could feed thousands and thousands of people. And we had leftovers. Just give me your five loaves and your two fishes and allow me to do the rest. And that was it. That was it for me. I knew that I had to do something myself. And so I went to somebody and asked them if I could hang on at the end of this international conference and gather a group of women together. And that was how Arise started. 19 women came from all over Central Asia. 
and for two days. I remember I was on the plane coming to Turkey and I thought, hang on, I don't actually know what I'm going to do when I get there. It was literally like that. I had, I had done all the organization, I had brought women, I had organized, raised the money, everything that I needed, but I had never been able to work out in my head, what was I supposed to do with 19 women? And God told me, don't do anything, just listen to their stories. And that's what we did. And it, that was two days of listening to the stories of these 19 women. And those stories absolutely broke our hearts. I had a prayer team with me. Then five women came to pray. And we listened to these women's stories. And we cried. And we cried. And we cried with these ladies. Their stories were so horrific. They really were. And I believe those stories and those tears that we shed were the foundation stone to be laid for future Arise. That's what Arise is all about, is giving women their voice and allow them to tell their stories and to be believed, to be understood and to know the love of God being poured out upon them. And that's what we've been doing ever since. We started with 19 women. The following year, I continued. And this time, I had a program. I had a speaker. I had someone coming to talk about domestic violence, which was absolutely huge. Had 34 women. The next year, similar thing, three days, 43 women. The next year, four days, 58 women. And so it went on, 63, 68, 74. I remember the number, 74, 86, 99. When we reached 100, wow, <laughs> what are you doing, Lord? And every year, the Lord just appears. It's the most amazing thing that happens. And every year, before I go, I'm saying, Lord, are you still going to do this? Are you still going to be there? Are you still going to work? And he does. And I just stand in awe of it. I watch and I see the Lord at work presence is tangible in the place the presence of the lord and he just comes and touches the women and he looks in their eyes and just says i love you that breaks down all the barriers and the boundaries that's what they need to hear that god loves them the simple message of that we give them hugs and we give them cuddles. We listen to their stories and we're still doing that. But we bring in, we bring in Joy, who's the most amazing speaker that I've ever met in my whole life. And she reaches their hearts through the Bible, Bible teaching. And God gives that 
verse to me every year. Without fail, he speaks to me and shows me what we have to do for the following year. And that in itself is such a miracle for me that he still does that. And he still speaks and he still leads us and he still guides us. And the changes that are happening, he's part of it all. Step by step, as we grow, we have to change um, to enable us to grow even stronger. All the countries, Central Asia, we had five nations at the beginning. And at the last count, we had 18, is that right? 18 nations. And my heart is for Muslim countries. That's the thing for me, is definitely Muslim countries. So now we have Iranian women. We've had women from Iraq. We have some women from Turkey. We have women from India. We have women from, help me, Fiona. I'm losing the count now. Oh, North Africa, that's a miracle. Tunisia, Egypt, what a miracle. And now next year, Afghan women we're hoping for. I'm hoping for Pakistani women, hoping and dreaming for women from all around that region to be able to come and meet with Jesus. Meet with Jesus. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful to see women coming to the conference and having that encounter with Jesus. It's so real. It's so tangible. He touches them. He heals them. He lifts them up. And they're sent back home bold, strong, confident. And we hear stories when they go back to their countries, they go to their neighbors, they go to their communities, they go to their churches, and their communities are changed because they're bringing something amazing back with them. And I hear stories where women from Arise have become women of influence in their countries. So they're being involved, they're setting up projects to help women in domestic violence situations. They're setting up projects to rescue women out of prostitution, which is a huge issue in our countries. Human trafficking, huge, absolutely huge. Women are being trafficked every day. Women and children disappear. They just disappear, taken off the streets and trafficked, taken away, and nobody knows where they go to. It's a big, big problem in our countries. But these women are now being involved in projects, setting up projects, changing laws. Amazing what God is doing. Have I said enough? The dream, um, we're allowed to dream big. Yeah. 
that's our Jesus, right? And um, I love I love watching what Jesus is doing, and I know that there is so much more. And that's I dream big. That's why I want the women from Afghanistan. They've been on my heart. Their sorrows and their troubles. They just break my heart. I've been trying to get women from Afghanistan for years, years and years and years, and every year the door closes on their face. They can't get out of their countries. But this year we have a plan because we have met two Tajik ladies who have gone to Turkey to work with Afghan refugees. And they are doing, with their, with their husbands, they're doing church planting among the refugees, Afghan refugees. And there is a group of Tajik people in Tajikistan who are also working with Afghan refugees within Tajikistan. And they have already come to me and said, can we bring women from these refugee camps? So next year, we might see a fulfillment of that dream finally. That's my prayer. Wow. Yeah. But you know what excites me about that as well? It's not expat women who are reaching out to the Afghan refugees. It's Tajik women. Do you realize the significance of that? that these churches who have only existed for something like 10 to 15 years, like they don't, they've not been, they're not Christian nations, they're Islamic nations. The Christian church is still so small and yet they're already sending out missionaries. They're sending missionaries to China, to the Uyghurs, to places where expats can't go to. They have sent missionaries into Afghanistan and they have seen martyrs already. We had one woman come to Arise about five years ago and when she came, honestly, I have never seen a woman so broken as her. And she sat in a corner, wouldn't partake of the conference, but then slowly but slowly, we could see God working in her heart. And then after the conference finished, she came and I invited her to sit with me and I finally heard her story. She and her husband had gone with another um, Tajik couple and they had gone to Afghanistan as missionaries and they were serving there in an Afghan neighborhood and they were doing Bible studies with Afghan Christians. And one day this one family were doing a Bible study and the neighbor told on them and the Taliban broke in, found their Bibles. And they, they this is awful. So apparently, when they go to Afghanistan, they train themselves what to do if the Taliban should break in and they train their children 
what they should do if that should ever happen. And so the children are trained. Taliban breaks through the door, you run. And you run as fast as you can and you hide as if you can. And the mother shouted to the children, run, 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 run. But the children got caught and the whole family were murdered. Absolutely shot. And my, my lovely young woman was a close friend of these, this family and it totally broke her heart. And they had to come home after that, obviously. You know, it wasn't safe anymore. And they had to come home. And this was one year later after this event, and the pastor in her church was telling her, it's time to pull yourself together, get back into ministry. You know, they couldn't understand the terrible trauma and grief process that that woman was going through. But at a rise, she was finally able to tell her story and to receive prayer, prayer and more prayer so that she got healed, absolutely got healed. And this woman that was so downcast and so broken, she was absolutely shining, shining. That's all I could say. And that woman went back. And she is going everywhere sharing about Jesus. She's the most amazing woman going into so many different countries using the materials that we have given to her, running flourish courses and and running women's conferences, broken but healed. And now we want to see that. That's my dream. There are so many other women in so many other different countries. North Africa, that is absolutely huge. The church is growing. Amazing, miraculous growth of the church in North Africa. But their women are exactly the same as the Central Asian women. And now we want to bring them, and now we want to go there, actually, and start a, what we would call a Middle East, Northern Africa conference, and do a rise for them. And then we would love to go to some other countries and start a rise for them. Some of our team have got a passion for um, Malaysia, Vietnam, that region. Um, so in the future, we could see ourselves sending a team there and connecting with people and doing a rise there. Dream big. The world is a big place. 50% of the population of the world are women, <laughs> right? And... Oh, I so desire to have them know how much Jesus loves them. Simple message. Those songs that we sang, never heard them. Never heard those songs in my life before. Amazing, amazing worship songs. And when you see women from so many different countries worshipping together, 
It's absolutely amazing. And they can't worship freely. Like, they can't. They can't meet together. So many of them can't even meet together as church because they live in some of the most persecuted lands in the world. And they come to Arise, which is a safe place, and they can worship freely. Can you imagine the joy of that? How wonderful that is just even to be able to put their hands up and worship the Lord without anyone knocking on their door. We have women whose husbands have been in prison for their faith. Many, many women from Uzbekistan, their husbands have been in prison for their faith. This is their world. And we can take them out of that just for four days and give them a place of peace and security and love. That's what Arise does best. And we know we have so much more to do. And I have the most amazing team who will enable us to do that. So grateful. And all the women who come from Australia, how exciting that is. I love it. What amazing. You know, we, have, we had 100 women on the ministry team. I have to count how many Australians we had, but there was quite a significant amount of Australians serving on those ministry teams. How marvelous is that? We had, we had women from all over the expat world who have come to serve these women. And that is so special. Jane has an amazing testimony, really. Isaiah 61, you shared yesterday. That's my verse. That's my calling, Isaiah 61. To come, that's our, that's our mission, to come and heal the brokenhearted, bind up the brokenhearted, bring the women out of their captivity, break the chains off. That's the calling. That's my calling. There's nothing I love better than sitting with women and praying for them and seeing that miracle happen. I love my visits to these countries. That's, that's, where, that's where my heart is, visiting the women where they are even. And um, I hope now, as we get a rise going again, that we'll be able to do more trips like that into these countries and meet with them where they are. Wonderful. We signed a memorandum of understanding uh, to satisfy Joy. Uh, yesterday, but I want you to know that we as a church will continue to pray. We have been praying and will continue to pray. I, I want you to know also that we will, we will give our loaves and fishes also uh, because we believe in you and the dream that you have. And, and so um, we're going to pray in a moment, but Jane, would you like to? So 
for uh, the new people who are in the room, last year, was last year, wasn't it, was invited to go to Arise Ministries. Uh, and so I took up the, the invitation. And the Lord did something there uh, as a going forward in, in our mission, our lives. And when I came home, shared with our ladies, our ladies in this church got a, a, a hold of it and a vision for it. And then we had a ladies' dinner to raise monies for a rise. And a lot of the women, some are in the room today, from the community uh, got the vision also. That's how out of that became us asking how do we become a hub to joy. And so there's three hubs in Brisbane. And... You know, they, they've taken a chance on us because Anne-Marie doesn't really know us. Joy does. We've journeyed with Joy a long time. But um, the executive team didn't really know us. But we felt compelled to be a part of this and what God's doing in... in I get emotion. And what God's doing in Arise Ministries because we, we have a passion for the widow and the orphan. We carry that strongly. Yeah. And over the years, we've done incredible things where God has positioned us to look after the widows and the orphans. Mm -hmm. And so this now is a, another part of that, the ansom. You know, what can we do? We do this in Indonesia, India, and now this is the ansom. Yeah. And, I, you know, we believe that it, it's got, uh, you know, our board was... When we came back, they knew that it wasn't the end of a rise. We were going to continue with a rise. And, and you as women, you all, oh, I love that ministry you were saying. And so this is now uh, our continuation with a rise. An incredible ministry that I just, in those rooms that you, you created for these women, to just step aside and be loved on and cared for. Mm -hmm. Just amazing. An amazing executive team. And that we heard the executive, some of them, their hearts yesterday. And um, again, it stirred up something within. Mm -hmm. What that looks like to the fullness, we don't know. But we should pray. Mm. I'm, I want to do something really symbolic. If I could get uh, Emery, would you step down here just a moment, please? Fiona, could you come and stand with her? And and Jane too. And and then I'm going to ask the men to stand up and come and pray for these women. I want everybody in the room praying. Of course, I want the women praying. But symbolically, I want these women to know that the men believe and support them. So can my brothers please come and stand around and pray with us right now? I was talking to a man, I don't know if I shared this, but I was talking to a man who travels a lot and he was talking that God's spirit is moving around the place. 
And, and I, I said to him, I asked him a question, I said, you, you know, a few decades ago, we, we were enjoying a massive move of God's spirit. But the thing was, it looked the same everywhere. You could sort of tell because it looked the same. I said, but now in my limited travel, I'm seeing stuff, but it, and it's definitely a move of God, but it doesn't look the same. It's different everywhere. And he told me that's what he's seeing, and he believes the Holy Spirit now is breathing on places He's breathing on what that local church is doing kingdom-wise. God's breathing on that. That's why it looks different everywhere else. But it's definitely a move of God's spirit all around the world. And so God's breathing. And, and obviously God's breathed on a rise. And, and, and the cliche rings so true that the best is yet to come. I love the fact that when they touch a woman, she goes back and touches a family, touches a church, touches a community. And, and the story that we just heard about that woman in Afghanistan, how she's going around, that's, that's awesome. And, but that's repeated all over the place. I was worried about, you know, the end and when Jesus might eventually come back. Because when I got saved, I thought he was coming back any day. Then I, then I had got a heart for missions and I realised every people got to hear. And so that would be like, I'll be well gone before that. But now the way the Spirit of God is moving... Who knows what's going to happen in the near future? All I know is that we've got to be faithful and we've got to be prepared to give our loaves and fishes and we've got to be prepared to stand behind and pray, but we've also got to be prepared to stand up and get involved. So I want all our men to pray for these women right now. Can we all just join together? Father, right now we thank you for this woman. Anne-Marie, what a heart. I thank you, Lord, that, um, that she did... In the end, uh, give her loaves and fishes and you've, you've taken that and you've multiplied it. We thank you for the amazing testimonies. We thank you for the story. And yet with great anticipation and excitement, we know that this thing is going to grow and, and Lord, the influence is going to be greater than ever before. So right now we pray. I pray, we pray for the protection around Anne-Marie, your angels to be on guard, a hedge of protection around you, Lord, covering and undergirding, oh God, her life, her health, her, her ability to dream, her heart, oh God. Just protect and watch over. And now we pray that will extend now from this amazing committee, this executive team that you've put together of incredibly talented women, Lord, that your blessing would rest upon them and their marriages and their families, that you would protect, because the enemy would love to stop this and would try to stop this and pull it down. But we pray a hedge of protection around all of them right now. And what the enemy meant for harm, I pray you turn around and use for good and blessings will flow out of every attack of the enemy, oh God. So right now on this ministry, on this woman and this ministry, and on this dream, breathe onto it, oh God. Let it become such a reality. Lord, I pray. We pray with her. We, we dream with her, Lord. Afghanistan ladies in that meeting next year. And more than that, Lord, special conferences in Asia. Special conferences in North Africa, oh God. Oh Lord, in Jesus' name. So add to her all the talents, the resources, the skills, the people that she needs to see this become a reality. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. We bless. We ask you to bless this ministry, oh, God. In Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm going to ask um, Andrew, would you come?
could you play into that as well? Lord Jesus, we bring this special time to you. We ask your blessing, your anointing, Holy Spirit. We ask you to inspire. We ask you for the input into the hearts of both the ladies and the supporting fraternity. Yes, they're men, but the support also comes from the women who hear this. We are representative of the men praying behind the women. But at the same time, there's the women in this district, in this nation and in the nations that are supporting Arise. We pray for your uplifting spirit to touch their hearts in such a way that all of the, the beneficial behind-the-scenes action that is needed is backed by prayer. And that, that prayer has its fruit. And that fruit comes out through the teams that come together. The fruit comes through the, the funds that need to be raised for the organisation, for the, the manifestation of the authorities giving their approval for these conferences and events to come together. Lord, it can't go on except that you're behind every move of every item that comes together for these events. Lord, it's your plan. We submit it back to you for your multiplication. And we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name for your glory. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to ask Frank as well. Frank, would you play into this as well? Thank you. Yes, Lord. <clears throat> Father, I thank you, Lord, for Anne-Marie and her testimony that's such a challenge to us when we think we have nothing to give. And yet, Lord, you take a few loaves and a few fishes. Thank you for reminding us today that we all have something. We have something to give. And Lord, I thank you now as I've just seen, Lord, a vision of your hand that's gone across the world. Your fingers have reached and touched and have gone into the smallest of, of spaces that I can see across the world. It's a hand that is going around the globe and where the tips of the fingers are, they've gone into very small spaces and places. And so, Lord, I believe that you're saying that this is more of the dreaming. This is the dreaming big, that you are prepared. You, are, you have already gone in advance to, um, to places that are yet to be touched. And, and, Lord, for drawing and for healing to come. I see it as light, Lord, that yes. it's the light of your word, yes. the power, the love of Jesus that will go forward. And Lord, this, this team of Arise is almost like following behind you. And so, Lord, I thank you today. Thank you, Father, for Anne-Marie. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that you'd give her the strength 
the, the backbone to continue to stand. Lord, stand for what her dreaming is and that, that you show her that, yes, she can. She can. Lord, she's 67. That's nothing. It is nothing, Lord. And, Father, we thank you that you will continue to give her the strength. The, the, uh, I know, Lord, that in our human sense we, often, we don't feel our age. But, Lord, in this case, I pray that, Lord, that, that she would never feel this age, that she will have such an energy, Lord, to continue to dream, to reach out, to touch women who will support, but also touch women who need the support. Oh, Father, we thank you today. Thank you, Lord, that we've had this opportunity to hear you speaking through Anne-Marie. And I just pray, Lord, that you would bless her. Bless her physically, emotionally and spiritually. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask James to pray because as one of us who's tasted and seen, who knows better than us at this time, if she would also pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for the finances that arise needs. I pray, Lord, that you would provide every cent that they need, Lord. I know, God, that there's women that they invite that they pay for. They position them in the room. And I know, God, that everyone that they do this for is blessed beyond measure. It's like, Lord, that your signature is on every life, every woman that's in that room. And I pray, God, that as they've got these big dreams, big visions, that their big God will provide every cent they need. And, Lord, those that you use to provide will know they've played a part in kingdom business because you're a kingdom God. And I pray, Lord, that you would stir us up, stir us up as a hub, as a community, Lord, that we will just be able to give to support this, what they do, <coughs> this incredible ministry, Lord, that I know you are the head of, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So thank you, Lord, for this morning. Um, thank you that we've uh, not only heard your words, uh, but we've seen what you're doing and we felt your heart. So we do pray you would continue blessing, protection, provision on Emory and the whole team. As I pray your blessing on us and our loved ones right now, especially thinking those who are traveling, uh, Lord, keep them all safe, bring them home with good testimonies. Now bless our food as we fellowship together. And may your protection provision be upon each of us now. And may we all continue to grow in the knowledge of our God. I ask this in Jesus' name and everybody said... Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you were blessed with today's message. You can connect with us at pacificchristianchurch.com.